word and, and what it says, but I think that you don't learn as much unless you hear from moms themselves. And so uh, this the, the objective today is not to hear perfection. None of these moms would claim perfection, and uh, they'll be able to talk to you about warts and all in just a little bit. But I know some of you moms, younger moms, need encouragement today. Some of you who are walking in some very difficult places need some encouragement today. And some of you just need some help. And so we're going to try to, to answer some of these things and deal with them today. And uh, so I want to introduce the panel, and you can hold your applause. We'll, uh, we'll bless them at the end. Uh, over here on the end is Pam Westerfield, and uh, then Becky O'Brien, Andrea Hegel, and Twyla Brown. Now you can bless them because they're about to uh, tell you about themselves. I appreciate, I appreciate y'all doing this. I mean, we brought my office furniture down here just to feel cozy, uh, today, so I hope it, uh, hope it's alright. Um, I, I tell you how I want to start out. Uh, um, we'll, we'll all just give you a chance to answer. Give us your mom biography a little bit about, uh, number of kids or grandkids, you know, uh, maybe were you a working mom, were you a stay-at-home mom, or, or what may have been that. So Twyla, we'll let you kind of start it. Okay. Um, I'm married to Bill. Next month marks 40 years hey, of marriage. Hey, we have six adult children, all married, uh, ranging in age from 26 to 36. I was so fortunate to stay home to raise my family, and now we are enjoying nine grandchildren, five and under, and the, yeah. the number will continue to grow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrea Hegel, and I'm married to a wonderful husband, Mark. And we have two uh, adult married daughters and two wonderful sons in love, and um, we have uh, five great, great five grandchildren. And I was privileged to be a stay-at-home mom as well. Okay. We've been married 43 years. Wow! Wow. Well, I'm Becky O'Brien. I have three children. I was a stay-at-home mom for part of that time, and then I was a single mom working out in the work world. Um, I, um, what else is there? Uh, kids, grandkids. Did oh, you yeah. I have eight wonderful grandkids. The blessing of my life. She has ten grandkids, but only eight wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Pam. I'm married to Mark, 38 years. Um, we have three adult children who are married, um, two wonderful spouses in there, in laws. Um, and then, we have four grandchildren, which are great. I stayed at home up until my kids got in school, and then I worked part-time up until Josh was a senior in high school, and then I was able to stay home after that. Okay. Well, just, just keep it, honey. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you go first here. All right. Now, I know many moms struggle. And the questions that I got here, I just didn't make up out of my head. I actually quizzed moms on young moms on some of the questions they'd like to answer. So uh, not asking for perfection, just honesty. How did you balance being married, uh, working, having kids, home life, church life? How did you balance all that? I don't think we did. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about this, and I was actually talking to a couple of the kids, and um, we just didn't have a lot of money, so date nights were not a reality. Um, if we were doing something, it was usually church-related, so if the if we didn't have the kids, 
they weren't being drugged with us to do something. Uh, then they were at home, and we were serving. I mean, that's just that was just the reality of, of how we live. Probably when they got into middle school is when we could finally, like, okay, we're going to do a date lunch once once a week or once every two weeks to kind of get that time together. So, truthfully, we probably did a pretty poor job on that, on the balance part. That just didn't happen. Sorry. This is about you, babe. This is about you. No wheeze. This okay. is about you, I okay? did a very poor job in that balancing thing. I'm sure you felt very neglected part of the time. <laughs> but now it's just us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Becky, you, you threw in that uh, eventually you were a single mom. How did yeah. you balance all that? Um, honestly, I, I kind of feel like Pam. I don't think it – I think it just balanced itself out. I think I just did what I needed to do. When I was married, my husband worked a lot, so I was almost a single parent anyway because mm-hmm. sometimes he would be gone for long periods of time in the work that he was in. So I, I don't think I just – I, I didn't have an agenda to make things be balanced. I think they just fell into place. Yeah. Really and truly. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got a thought on that in just a second. Okay, Andrea. Um. Let's see. Um. It seemed to just come naturally. Not that it was balanced all the time or perfect in any way. But I had a very supportive husband. He always told me that your job was harder. My job was harder than his. Yeah. And we dated through high school. We went to different colleges. We had all that time to communicate and work together. And when we got married, we did grad school together. So everything was, we need to do laundry this weekend. What are we doing for dinner? Where are we going? How are things happening? So we always talked and communicated really well yeah. about different things. We um, moved from New York when our first daughter was 18 months old um, to the chagrin of my parents and his, but um, came to Houston and had no family support so it was you know all on our shoulders so we did have date nights so we'd have that time together um and just uh keeping the girls uh, in activities and having yeah. different things for them as well but also mom groups for me um i enjoy crafting and doing different things so yeah just to have a good balance of different things to okay. do okay twyla how'd you balance it Oh, I don't think we balanced it. Okay. Uh, we tried really hard, though. We both came from really disastrous families, single moms, and so we were very intentional yeah. in the hopes that we could make our marriage different. And uh, we didn't have any money either. So sometimes date night, just paying the babysitter was all we could come up with. Right. So we would just hold hands and kick rocks for a couple of hours yeah. and just yeah. not have kids crawling all over us for yeah. just a little while. And uh Bill has always gone to work really early in the morning, and it was just I just snuck the time at breakfast when yeah. nobody was up yet just to spend 30 minutes just with him before yeah. he left. Yeah. We also enforced bedtime from the very beginning. Yeah. We yeah. wanted the kids to know we were a couple before you came on the scene, and we're going to be a couple way after you're gone. Yeah. So this comes first. I've been very pleased to see that our kids have taken that into their own marriages. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Don't you think you got to find your rhythm? I mean, that's, I mean, not every family has the same rhythm. You got to have certain principles that certain guidelines, but you find your rhythm that's working for you. Um, going on, Twyla, we'll just let you pick it back up. But what is something you endured as a mom back when your kids were younger 
that you actually miss now? Something you endured back then, but you actually miss it now. Oh, I think it's really kind of related to the previous question. There was just so much touching, and there were kids just all over me all the time. I didn't know if you were talking about you and Bill. or Well, uh, <laughs> there was clearly that, too, but um, I just would get peopled out. Right, right. And I, and I don't miss the fingers under the bathroom door or right. the shower curtain. Come, you know, I don't miss any of that, but now it's quiet all the time. Yeah. And some of the kids are far enough away that I don't see them as much as I'd like to. So on those days, I remember all those times I couldn't even go potty by myself. And yeah. it kind of makes it a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, you didn't think, there's oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. Andrea? Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, the busyness, always having to be on call, always being the one they needed, um, planning all the things, getting everything ready, just um, that was that was hard. Um but you know, it's 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 a season of things that that happened, and I, I missed it for a while um, when they went off to college and they grew up and got married, and and um, but I don't really miss it now because I do have grandchildren and yeah. I'm very much on call at times with that as well, and but that's a blessing and a joy to me. So yeah, God is good. Yeah, yeah. Becky, what do you what do you miss? Well, for me, it was the day to day things, um, the mundane things, the things that you you just take for granted like the, the going to the bathroom by yourself kind of thing mm -hmm. just the, the vacations the first thing I thought of was really vacation time or um, long trips to visit yeah. grandparents or something and they're in the back and they're constantly bickering or picking on each other especially Joey and Christy yeah. it was just constant yeah. those times now I look back and I miss those times but I get them because we come back and they do a different kind of bickering now. And yeah. so, but yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's a reminder of those days. But that's, I think, the day-to-day -day mundane things. I took them for granted then. And um, the good thing about having grandkids is that sometimes you do get to see those fingers under the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm repeat. Um, my, my thought was just all the talking with Josh and then the girls. It's just like nonstop talking all the time and, you know. I actually had one of them say, Mom, it's not like you're quiet. Like, but I wasn't doing all the singing and stuff that, I mean, they even recalled that, um, you know, they're like, remember when Dad used to make us leave the table to go finish singing our songs? <laughs> because you weren't supposed to sing at the table. Yes. So, I mean, it's just that silly stuff like that that you're just like, God, is this ever going to end? And then when it does, you're just like, oh, it is so quiet around here. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope that's encouraging to some of you moms. I know you're thinking, yeah, I can't wait till I get to that day. But there is a, there's an emptiness that happens at that point. But yeah. thank goodness for grandchildren. Yeah, that's, it comes back. But you can send them home. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's from the grandpa. This isn't about me. Uh, okay. What? What did you do to instill spiritual values in, in your kids' lives? Okay, I really struggled with this question because we were just talking like, you know, we were just surviving so much of the time that who even had, y'all are so smart now, y'all think about stuff like we just did, we plowed right through it. And I actually asked my kids, my adult kids, did you? So that's, yeah. So anyway, um, basic stuff like you know you always had us in church um you know you prayed with us we did the family devotion thing but um one of mine sent me this and i'm going to get through it 
But I thought, this is about if you really pursue Jesus, your kids will get the overflow of that. Because this is not anything like, I'm like, okay. But anyway, so this is what one of my, my kids said. He said, uh, you show love by giving up a career to focus on us. Joy by celebrating our successes, sports and academic. Patience with me and my bad choices, clothing, hair, girls. Well, um, kindness by the giving of your time to help others. Gentleness with all the animals we had. And self-control in most of the arguments we had. And I thought, you know, that is, that is not me. That's the Lord. And so that would be my encouragement to moms is, man, if you will pursue Jesus, he will put the, that spiritual stuff into your children's life. And he's giving me the look. No. <laughs> you want me to keep going? <laughs> no, no. <Okay. laughs> no, I'm just going to put a point B. We're recording this, aren't we? It's about her. No, here's a point B, though, point B. that I want you to deal with. Okay. That's you instill one. these values, but yet yes, not no. all of our kids have walked. Let's say all of our children have probably had a season of wandering. Let's just, yeah. So um, so I just put that out there. Thank goodness. I mean, I will encourage you that as long as they're under your roof, there are things that you can do to make sure that they are, I mean, you can't force Jesus on them, but to make sure that they are walking um, in the moral and what, just the moral way that you have, you want them to walk in. Now, when they leave your house, then they get to make their own choices, and they get to deal with the consequences of those choices. Now, that doesn't do nothing. You talk about mom guilt, that's just, you know, open the spout and pour it in. But because um, you can always look back and say, I should have done this or I should have done that. But the bottom line is they, they are writing their own testimonies, and that's kind of what I've always had on to is that we all have our own testimony, and um, – and, and the Lord is going to give us a testimony. He's, going to, he's given each of my kids a testimony. But they do return. And you, you can never give up, no matter how many years you pray for that child. You, you just keep praying for them. And God is always good. And they do come back. All right. Becky, uh, what did you do to instill spiritual values in your kids? Well, I did like Pam did. I um, I got on the phone and started quizzing the kids because I'm thinking, I'm not real sure I know what I did. I, they were always in church. We went, we went to church. It was important. Um, Bradley worked a lot, so he wasn't always there. But the kids and I went to church, and, and they knew that that was important. They knew that fellowship with other believers was important. Um, for me, I don't think it was anything intentional. I mean, I prayed with them when I needed to. It wasn't. We didn't have an agenda. We didn't have to Okay, at 7 o'clock we have to sit down and pray. Yeah. Um, we prayed before we went to bed. We talked and we, and we prayed before they went to bed. But um, for me, and, and this is what Marty said. Marty's my oldest. And she said it was the everyday thing. Mm-hmm. She said every day you showed me something about Jesus by how you were. She said or some situation would happen and you always showed us what what. Jesus would say about that or how God would be responding to us in that situation. Um, And and I want to say exactly what Pam said. I had a prodigal. In fact, some of you in this room prayed for that prodigal. If you've been here long enough, you did. And you too. Um, uh, And they do come back. 
And God restores those times that you miss. I mean, I had a child who said to me, I don't believe that's what that means for me. She was looking at scripture saying, I don't believe, because she wanted to walk her path. Mm -hmm. She walked her path. And four or five years later, she came back and she said, God's been telling me to come home for a long time. Mm -hmm. So obviously just the the day-to-day living and the day-to-day instructing and guiding, I trusted Jesus. I knew that parenting in my own steam wasn't going to get me anywhere because I was very inadequate. But I knew that that with his guidance, I could do what he had called me to do, which was parent these children. And I had to trust that that prodigal child would come back because it was out of my control. So I would encourage you as moms, don't ever give up. Prayer, 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 prayer over your kids. Don't ever give up. Pray for the small stuff. The small stuff counts too. That's good, Becky. Andrea? How did how did you instill spiritual values? Well, not very well at first because um, we were in church, um, but I did not have a personal relationship with the Lord. So we attended church. So um, when the girls were young, we didn't really pray at home. We didn't really teach them the Bible. I didn't really read the Bible. Um, I came to the Lord at age 38. So all of a sudden I have preaching daughters that really haven't, um, experienced the love of Christ like I was. And yeah. so I was just so hungry at that time and doing Bible study and taking in all of God's um, word and making a commitment. And my husband recommitted his his life to the Lord. And so we were on a path again together, thank the Lord for that, um, to reach our children. So as I learned, I taught them what I was learning. And right. we started devotions as a family. And I can remember um, the oldest one saying, um, hey, what's all this God stuff all of a sudden? Because that was not, you know, language (laughs) they were used to. And I was just so overflowing. I just wanted to, and I just wanted so much for them to know who he was and to understand. And so we just um, took it step by step. Um, We left, we had a a job change from Houston here to Austin. And um, at that point, we just made a, a specific effort to find a Bible teaching church to get involved with. And um, we investigated the youth program, as Alan can attest to, because he came and spoke to us and told us about the program because we wanted to have them grounded really securely. So um, God's been good, and um, he's blessed us with um, daughters that in a very short time, like you said, uh, God restores those years that the locusts have eaten. He gave me that verse one time, and it it just... penetrated my heart and I just knew that he would redeem those years that we didn't have that time with them and and they both came to um, faith in Jesus before they had finished high school that's good we're very blessed all right Twyla six kids oh it was a challenge Um, we of course they were in church and uh, we shared our faith openly with them we would try to do family devotionals but finding something that suits a four-year-old and a 14-year-old and the four in between didn't turn out very well most times so we um, tried to spend individual time with them. We also kept communication really open. And just as life would throw a challenge, we would try to help interpret that for them in light of Scripture and what would God have us do. We prayed with them. We prayed for them. I wish I had prayed more. I did a whole lot of the, oh, Jesus, kind yeah. of prayers and not yeah. nearly enough of the yeah. concentrated, deliberate, please show me how to deal with this. I did too much on my own. And I thought I could make my kids turn out. 
the way I wanted them to, yeah. I kind of took that train up a child scripture as insurance. And that was wrong. Yeah. And they do have to make their own choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I know that, um, you know, out of these families, they're, not everybody's in the fold. And so, you know, that's, that's um, you continue to pray. I heard a guy say one time, he says, uh, if you pray, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring them home, it may take your life for them to come home. But he'll answer the prayer, and we trust him with that. Uh, okay, this is shifting gears here, and this, this is a mom uh, question that is for the ages. Uh, mom guilt. Um, you know, comparing your your kids to everybody else's kids. Facebook has made this, the social media, and it's always existed, but social media has brought it more to the forefront in that you get the pictures of everybody and they're doing vacation and they're doing this and they're doing that, but you're just getting the facade. You're not getting everything else, but there's this comparison that's going on and moms are feeling this incredible mom guilt. Y'all felt it. So how, how does a young mom deal with mom guilt? I'm so grateful we didn't have the social media uh, situation. I feel so for the young moms that deal with that. But we, Pam mentioned too, we didn't have a lot of money. You know, uh, single income, six kids, finding two dimes to rub together was a challenge sometimes. So we did Disney once during the entire time that our kids were at home. We didn't buy a new house every time we turned around. Our cars were old, and I felt that. And how we dealt with it, though, Bill was so good at reminding me, this is an eternal thing Mm -hmm. you're doing. And sacrificing my income so that I could be at home with them was so worth it. So when I'd come home from a ladies' event and somebody was talking about their latest acquisition and I'd feel kind of small, he would just remind me of that. And I've never been sorry. Eternal versus temporal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Andrea, mom guilt. Some of my mom guilt early on before I really knew the Lord um, felt like I, you know, was evaluated or compared was a relief when I moved because I was always concerned with what my parents or my mother thought of me or how was I keeping house, how I was going to raise my children. So some of that was relief because we did move away and I didn't have Mm -hmm. eyes on me all the time necessarily. And then the other mom guilt that I felt was more the uh, young Christian moms because, like I said, I did not have that time with my children when they were young. And I really just grieved over that. It was... I didn't get to sing praises over them. I didn't know God's word to share with them. They've missed out on all this. I didn't have that opportunity. I, my heart was just so full. So um, that was a, a big thing for me. So, um, but if I encourage you, it's just you know to keep keep sharing and keep um, just telling them what God is doing in your life and what he you know how much he's he's there for you and. Um, and that he, he answers your prayers because he gave me the desires of my heart, which yeah. turned out later to be a, a grandma where I could sing over my grandchildren and, and uh, teach them. And, and even beyond that, um, he enabled me to be in a, a Bible study ministry, and I have the opportunity to teach preschool children and his word and to sing with them. And so it's just, yeah. you know, it's just amazing what he does um, in your life that you just not you know you have no clue of in the beginning but you just have to walk in faith and trust him and just keep keep praying as you go yeah yeah becky mom guilt how did you deal with it how can you encourage a young mom 
honestly, I, I, I think I'm going to be just real honest with you. I think I was just ignorant or extremely naive, but I, I, I don't think I had a lot of guilt about anything. The one, the one, the one, I have guilt now. I have regrets now. Looking back? But not then. I don't think I did then. But looking back, there are things I probably wish I had done differently. Um, the first thing was obviously not fighting for my marriage harder than I did because that definitely created uh, situations in, in their lives that um, we didn't even get reconciled until they were adults. Um, it affected our relationship not in the immediate, but in the kind of long term for a while. Yeah. Uh, all of that's been resolved now. But I think in the moment, I don't. I didn't compare myself to other moms. I didn't have time to. I just was busy doing what I did, and so I didn't compare myself. I would encourage every single one of you moms. This is this is my opinion only. Get rid of social media <laughs> because you can't live up to everybody else's expectations. And and it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Do what you need to do in your homes, and and don't look at other people because God gave you those children to be in your home for you to parent, and it He didn't give them to other people for you to look at to say, oh, that's how I do that. He gave them to you, so you parent your kids and don't look at anybody else. I have I have things that I look back at and say I wish I'd done differently, but I don't think I have I don't think I had much guilt about. So yeah, I just didn't. Okay, Pam, how do you deal with mom guilt? I deal with it more now than I did then. I'm like you. I mean, I think we were just going so crazy all the time that ugh. <laughs> it just makes me tired thinking about it. <laughs> um, but but I would say one of the things that we did that helped with the not comparing was we did surround ourselves with other families who had the same values that we did. We were all in, I mean, it was just like we kind of all raised our kids together. Um, and, and that helped so much in being able to talk about stuff just with other moms to say, you know, okay, they just this is what they came home and said when they came home from school. And somebody else would, you know, be able to throw in. And so just to be able to, okay, it's not because I'm a bad mom they're talking like this. It's because everybody's dealing with this. So I just think being with other like-minded people, families, just really helped. Yeah, a, a good support system just helped kind of alleviate a lot of that. Yeah. Becky, let me ask you a, a, a question here. <sighs> Walking through a failed marriage, um, there is going to be ladies out here that either they may still be married but their husband's not pursuing Christ or they have a failed marriage and they're going through all kinds of stuff on their own or you know, just dealing with that kind of issue, how would you encourage them with your walk that you went through? Well, the first thing is, and Pam has said it, well, in fact, I think each lady up here has said it, is um, I, I realized early on that because I was going to be single, I needed to be more than I was. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to raise these kids on my own. And I, the only person I had to lean on was God. And so I made the choice not to date. I made the choice not to pursue another marriage. I didn't have time for that. I knew that my kids needed me, and they needed me to be their mom and whatever else I was going to have to be. 
I I learned early on that if I was gonna if they were gonna survive and I was gonna survive that God had to be at the center of everything, mm-hmm. and I saw I saw God work in that I in in the day to day stuff and in 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 the long term stuff I saw Him on many occasions um, Joey in particular because you know we all have. Joey's season lasted a little longer than everybody else's did, let me yeah. say. But um, he was the one who, even now, he will come in and say, have you been praying for me? I mean, he'll say that. Yeah. And I'll say, well, yeah, but why? And he'll say, well, so-and-so happened. And I've even seen God use those moments. So yeah. if my kids never knew anything else, they knew that in the midst of the tragedy of, and it was a tragedy, yeah. the failed marriage and and them having to um be without with their dad not being in the home they knew in the midst of that that they were loved and that god loved them more than i did Mm -hmm. and he did and that was one thing that i did i I told them over and over again god loves you far more than i do and trying to steer them towards him because i knew i didn't have the answers i had a failed marriage i didn't have all the right answers for them my it, and being a single parent directed how I prayed for them too. Yeah. It it made me focus my prayers on on their future and their future mates and and even in the midst of all of the squashed lemons that we had called our family, God has brought it and I and that is my message. That is the message of my life. In the midst of everything that I went through, in the midst of the failed marriage and the prodigal children and the ups and the downs of life, God took that those squashed lemons and he made wonderful lemonade. Yeah. Our life is full and it's rich. Yeah, we have problems, but our life is full and rich because we we focused on him and and he was the center. For me, he was the yeah. center of it all. Yeah. And I appreciate you doing that because that was that was not on the on the list here. One one last thing that I want to I want to deal with, and I know our time's about to slip away, is I, I see something a trend that that concerns me. And and Twyla, you said something earlier. You know that six kids. You knew that you and Bill were together before you were going to be together after. Um, there's a there's a trend today that's a tendency which is to worship our children, and, and it concerns me because if you worship your children. And if one of those children steps out of the bounds of what you have set, you, your marriage falls apart, your family falls apart, because that is what you've been kid-centric instead of God-centric. Can anybody just say something? All of you don't have to speak to that, but I don't know. Twyla, you kind of mentioned something. I don't know if, if you have just a wisdom to give a young mom in that area. I think the wisdom that we received came from older couples teaching us when we were young married. I mean, somebody taught us that preemptively. Before we had kids, somebody said, you need to guard yourself against this. So that was just always in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. And um, there were times that it was harder that kids just demand a lot of time and attention, especially when they're all school sure. age. You're just going sure. all the time. And they're going to take your time. They are. But yeah. that didn't mean that my heart was more connected to that than yeah. first to Christ and then to my husband. Yeah. And we would have to remind each other now and oh, then, yeah. you know what, I think maybe when you hire that babysitter or, do, you know, we're not connected the way we need to be. Yeah. Empty nest was an adjustment. Uh, we were both completely independent of our families at 18. 
I have been shocked to find out that mothering continues so much longer than that, that parenting does. You know, our, our oldest child is 36 years old, and he called at 1030 the other night, and I'm going, do you think we have no life? Really? That, you know, so that was an adjustment for us, even just what do we do with married kids? Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. but we're still very together on it, and we know how to say it's too late. Don't call us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that that looking back, and I know I need to wrap up here, is that that with Pam and I, we can honestly say 38 years of marriage, the the hardest struggles we had during all of our time were parenting, because we had to get on the same page. And I'm, uh, it's our nature. She's firstborn, very black and white. I'm permissive, not not to the point of of immorality, but you know, allowing things to slide. Uh, but this isn't about me. This isn't about me. Uh, but but out of our 38 years of marriage, it was the biggest struggle we ever had, and not 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 to the point of of tearing our home apart. But man, we had to because that's key. Because you know, kids, uh, if you don't if you haven't discovered this, parents, as soon as they see a wedge, bam, they're in the middle of it, and they've made it a whole huge gash. And so, you as parents have got to be on the on the same page together. That's that's just a, a crucial thing right there. Hey, would y'all just bless these ladies for the time? Uh.